What's up, guys? Welcome to Fit Food Radio. This is episode 181. I'll have you know. And of course, it's me, Matty Boy Whitmore, and Keris Marsden. All right. Hiya. Hiya. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's been I say, going on? I say I'm good. I'm never good. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's, it's terrible. Rain. It's raining. It's dark. We've become those people, haven't we, that, Talk that, about the that moan about the weather. Yeah, but it has been a bit relentless. It like, has. As in, it's not just raining, it's like pouring down. And it just adds a level of logistics to your day when you've got a dog as well. I know. You're it's forever fun. getting changed and drying off the dog and then you've got to clean the floor and then it's like... It's, it's only been this year, though, that I've become like a moan about the weather person and I'm almost like, first. you know, ashamed to admit it because I always used to be like, ah, oh, you know, stop moaning, get on with it. <laughs> but I found myself on a few occasions this year just being like, yeah, I've, I'm fed up with this now. Well, I don't know. I said to you, maybe it's me having been in Portugal for most of the summer, got used to like just the sun, which brings, by the way, just a level of simplicity to life in that you wake up, you put your denim shorts on and a vest, you crack on. Yeah. Whereas... It does feel like, because when I came back in the summer, we had like about three weeks of rain, didn't we, in August? And yeah. I was like, what? Everyone kept joking, going, what have you done? Like, you've come back and it's just pouring down for three yeah. weeks solid. Then we went back to Portugal to get the car, came home, and it just feels like it's rained ever since. And it's like, <laughs> and as, as you, you wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, I need, weirdly, it's quite warm though, isn't it? We've been saying yeah. this, it's actually quite mild. So you can't put on your usual layers and thick hoodies because you then end up sweating and then you're wet, hot, which, like just makes you feel really uncomfortable doesn't yeah. it like you're kind of like sweating and yeah and I just said to you like every morning I'm kind of going oh do I need my lightweight but that, but that or, is like, like UK weather to a T isn't it like you just you just don't really know what to wear for the day no you know what I mean is Take it, is all it option, carry all is options it cold is you. it dry is it wet yeah um and two pairs of trainers because you get so yeah I mean thing is I, I actually love the cold because I don't know. I love my I love my woolly hats. I love my cozy jumpers and jackets. Yeah, There's yeah. something cozy about that. But I just I can't I stand that. the rain. Do you know what? I, I can't stand the rain. I just came to against me. my window. Yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> um, you need to go on that mask show. Did you ever hear the, the Missy <laughs> Elliott uh, remix of that? No, go on. What the... I'll, I'll play it for you later. Go on. Well, no, give that's... me a rendition. <laughs> you well, can... no, it's not that. It's just a sample oh, right, of that okay. track. There's nothing. I'd good. imagine it's slightly faster yeah. <laughs> to the beat. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's good. You just reminded me of that as well. well the way, the way that you said it was like we were all like waiting for you now to go, come I, on then. I can stand the rain. Is that what it goes like? Yeah, it's oh. got a bit of a... Uh, uh. <laughs> a remix. <laughs> but it's funny sometimes, you know, when you say a sentence... And it's, it's amazing how when it's a line from a song, it's like yeah. your head goes there straight oh, away, God, doesn't yeah. it? This is going to be like an earworm for everyone now, which is a term I only heard... Last week, a client said it. What, an earworm? That she, goes, she goes, oh, I keep getting earworms. Is there anything like, is that linked to health or anything? You know, where a song goes around your head. Oh, right. Like, in the middle of the night and sometimes the sound. And and um, and then this, it was said to me about two more times that week. What, earworm? Earworm. And I'd honestly never heard it I was before. I was going to say, I, I haven't. Have you not? No. Oh, okay. Don't want the only one then. But no. it's, what, you know, when it loops around and you wake right. up at three in the morning and it's looping around. But it can be a noise, not just a song. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel for people who have to listen to kids' songs because I imagine, like, Baby Shark does that. Don't. <laughs> but I, I sometimes have my, my alarm. I've had it at 3 a.m., wake up, and it's my alarm, and then I can't get back to sleep because the earworm's gone, no, but when you hear this, you get up. And right. it's actually my alarm. And I think it's because, you know, when you wake and go, oh, God, is it is it time for my alarm to go off? Yeah. And then the earworm, like, kicked off with my alarm noise. 
Oh, and then no. I sat up and I was like, no, it's not, it's not going off. So I lay back down again, but then it was, it's too, I released all my cortisol, like, get up. And that was it, game yeah. over. But just going back to the rain, and I know this is like no, no. first world problems. Let's move on. No, no, I just want to say one thing. I think the other thing about it is, like most people around this time of year, is when you, I definitely start to feel my mood go down because we've just gone to the shorter days. So now I'm basically like waking up in the dark, exercising in the dark, walking home in the dark. Yeah. And... Everyone, you know, everyone knows about sad lamps and kind of daylight and stuff. But when it's raining, the other thing is you've got your hood up and and you're covered. Like every bit of your skin is covered because it's raining. So I also think it adds to that, like, sad. Like, so even if you love the rain and you're like, oh, I like to dance in the rain. I think eventually your mood comes down because you're just not getting any daylight exposure. Like, that's what I've noticed. I'm not even looking up at the sky because there is a great um, piece of advice I heard was because our brain responds to daylight and changes us chemically that we should like nip out the house as much as we can and just like look at the sky with with your eyes and as sunlight hits the eyes it feeds back to you know brains and a new, a new basically a gland in the brain and mm. a new change kind of chemical output as a result of that and so i think <clears throat> when we're walking around with umbrellas and hoodies and everything you're just you're in the dark all the time yeah and i hire an office and just one of my colleagues was away and her desk faces outside with this great, like, big bay window. It's right by the window in it, yeah. And I thought, I'm, I'm just going to ask if I can work there for the afternoon. I did. And the sun came out and it was just so different. Because the other thing is, I work against facing a wall. At normally, even at home, my desk faces the wall. So I'm just, like, <laughs> looking at darkness <laughs> as in it's dark. And I like candles to make it nice. And I keep thinking I should probably get a sad lamp and stick it on my desk. But it just didn't beat sitting in front of this giant window. And now every time she's away, I sit there and everyone's like, you're at her desk again. And it's like, but it it just, it really does make a difference to me. And then even as I see it get darker, it actually feels quite cosy. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I kind of like watching the transition whilst I'm working. And it reminds me of being a kid and and kind of thinking, oh, it's getting darker. Like, you know, school's going to be finished or whatever. I don't know. I've got nice memories of it. Or I, I get to go home now and have my tea and... Yeah, but when you're just working against a wall and then you leave a building and go into the darkness, it just feels very, like my brain can't get its head around it. And it's like it never gets that little lift up. And then my osteo was saying, I was talking to him about this, and he said that, have you ever heard of the the saying, a human zoo? Is that most of us live in a human zoo where you wake up in your bedroom and then you get in your car and then you drive to your office do you see what I mean? We're just in boxes, different boxes yeah. all day long. Oh, wow. And then we come home and then the zoo is the sofa. Like, we just sit on the sofa. And really, we should try and break free from the zoo as much as possible. But I like the sofa. <laughs> I thought you said I like the zoo. <laughs> you can keep that zoo. The bed and the sofa are good places. You, We've actually, um, since one of our cars got written off, we decided to try and have one, didn't we? And bear in mind, yeah. you're not here most of the week, so... I love that you basically went, I think we're doing really well without with just one car. And I'm like, but you have it all week, so how is it different did, for did you? Did I say we? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's I me. Meant, that has I meant to... me. <laughs> yeah. Me's doing well. Yeah, because <laughs> you have the car. But it means I walk everywhere. And although I whinge about it, I was like... You should be grateful. It's actually helpful. For the step count it is a good you. Th- And also, it's like I double just, up walking to work, taking the dog, do you know what I mean? So it is... Just no appreciation. <laughs> But yeah, but the reason we got a car was so I could do things like go and do the weekly shop and things like that and have a have a run around if need to go and see my parents and stuff. But actually, you do like work around it. So, but I do think it's good. Just even if it's 
it's raining. I now have to walk to and from the office. Yeah. So does Hamish. He's not that keen if it's raining, but it is good to get out the zoo, I think, for good no, I hear little sections Definitely. of your day. Like, I think especially, you know, those of us like still working at home, um, I mean, that is the, like, the good thing about me being in London for the first few days of the week is that I am, I am away from my usual environment for a few days. I am outside a lot more and stuff like that. But, yeah. God, it reminds me of when I used to, you know, when I used to be a full-time PT and, of course, like the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. basement first. gym. It was a basement you? gym, so yeah. there was no daylight at all. And at, at one point, and, and not to complain because my goal was to be busy and have a packed-out diary and I got there which was amazing, but bearing in mind, like, first client of the day is, like, 6.30 a.m. Last client of the day was at, like, 7.38 p.m. Yeah, yeah. So, and if I was, like, pretty much back-to-back, it'd almost be, like, I have no idea what's, what, the, what the weather's like out there or, or anything. Yeah, yeah. And you'd just be in, like, artificial light all day long. And I used to really feel that. Like, and that would also screw your sleep as well because you'd be I, going I from did. a really stimulating, well-lit environment Plus, you're on it, like as in because you're because you're working there and you're a PT. Yeah, you you're on it, as in you're you're switched on all day. Going, yeah. hi mate, how are you? Yeah, yeah, of course I'm good. You can was never that, just go. Was that is that all at all? Yeah, was that an impression of me. <laughs> it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 What you said, <laughs> <laughs> Matt? Have we ever <laughs> have we ever told that story about how? Hold I, on. I always want you to do a funny voice. Oh yeah. Is, have we told that story on? I here? don't know. Probably. Have we? Yeah. Can I repeat it? I guess so. <laughs> it might be too random for people, but because men always talk to you and, and I always think they, I say men, but people like come over and we, we have a chat, don't we? But we did go through this phase where a lot of blokes are kind of approaching you and going like, do you train every day? Or like, you know, like, how do you get a physique like that? And and I just said, it'd be so amazing if you answered in just a really squeaky voice. Squeaky, yeah, really high pitched. <laughs> Imagine. Or like, or, the, or you've got various different voices that you do, and I was like, please imagine, what, imagine that, like, and, and please, you, and say something completely unexpected about how much you love biscuits or something. It doesn't sound good with me saying it, but the way that you've occasionally done it. No, that, I, I always find it funny when someone's voice like really doesn't match the person. The person, yeah, yeah. you know, almost like it's a real curveball, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I was about to say something to you then. Um, when you were saying about the the sleep thing yeah. with the light, and it's so weird, I've almost just had an epiphany because I do you remember I went through that phase of really bad light insomnia. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't get it. Like I'm knackered. I'm absolutely shattered from working like like loads of hours, like long days and all of that. But I could not sleep, and I end up having to take um, what was the sleeping tablet? Strong one. I can't remember. That you get prescribed from you, the doctor. You trained a pharmacist and she just like loaded yeah, you up. I was, I was, I was connected. <laughs> She's just like, take this and when you sleep. Yeah. Um, and it did. But the only downfall was, is like, it, it, it conked me out, which is what I wanted. But then blimey, I felt like I was sleepwalking for about the first five hours of the day. So it was almost the trade-off was you got to sleep, but then you were almost like a zombie yeah. for the first chunk of the day. But now it's like thinking about it, like, I mean, back then I was very much just an out-and-out PT. I didn't really have, like, nutrition or lifestyle knowledge, if you will. And um, so I never really connected the dots then. 
of like you know being yeah, in artificial light yeah because you've gone like a legislator yeah. haven't you kind of day, daytime PT yeah. to then work in late in central mm. London plus then you've got your train journey home running for trains and stuff like yeah. that so trains are really well lit as well like True. bright light that's why you need your blue blockers uh, if only I knew your blue if only blocking. I knew then what I know now <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as well because you whenever we talk about sleep issues because even now when you coach crossfit like you, you and if you jump in on the class which you've done occasionally haven't you or yeah, joined you it's bye 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 sleep yeah you've said that i train late but then when i say to you use melatonin you're always like which i think is probably for me melatonin does just enough to make me sleepy after if i've worked late or something but not enough to it doesn't make me feel groggy the next day unless I go over the dose. Like yeah. I stick at three milligrams, sometimes four. But do you remember we've had this combo? Like I told you that like melatonin doesn't. It doesn't. I'm a bit of a non-responder. Or what's? Uh, a paradoxical responder. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You think you are? I'm not. I'm oh, sure. okay. I'm playing mind games with myself. <laughs> it's just an illusion. <laughs> Actually, no, because you've said this about magnesium before, which yeah. And I'm always like, oh, I don't know, because you say this and then you next five minutes later you're snoring. I'm like, no, I just think you're in, like, denial about <laughs> something. <laughs> I probably am. You go, yeah. like, I'm such a bad sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sat there took watching. Took me a full three minutes to get to yeah, sleep. Yeah, exactly, that's it. Try being me. <laughs> yeah, but I used to be that guy who, <laughs> in fact, you probably won't remember this, but, I mean, but my ex-girlfriend used to say, like, it's really annoying how quickly you get to sleep. Yeah, I was like, hit your pillow, gone. And I remember one time, like you had, you had a right, you were in a right mood with me because you were talking to me <laughs> in bed, and I just was like, "God!" And then you woke me up to tell me that I'd fallen asleep while she was talking to me. So rude. And then of course I was like, "Well, carry on then." And he was like, "No, I'm not telling. I'm not telling you now." I was like, "Oh, great. Well, thanks for waking me up to, to, <laughs> to tell me you're not talking to me." Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> um, um, but sure. no, I was also going to say you've just done a CGM, haven't you, and said that basically you have like high blood sugar and then when you eat your blood sugar comes down which we kind of know the rationale why that might be but i'm, I'm basically just uh, i'm officially a weirdo it's now been like i don't know about weirdo medically maybe, proven maybe you just like, i don't respond to melatonin superior, i don't respond to magnesium superior human i have being. to eat to get my blood sugars down <laughs> you're going to be studied as a specimen soon yeah. we don't know how this 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 was developed, especially he, when you look. And I, is I'm he laughing, from this planet? I'm laughing when I think about your mum, and that's not any slight at your mum, but who's never entered a gym in her life, <laughs> barely eaten a vegetable in her life, <laughs> and then basically, like, just so different to you. Yeah. And, like, so how are you as you are? Well, do you know what? Like, I think now's the time to tell the people. <laughs> yeah. I am Superman. Oh, really? <laughs> you could say, like, Thor's love child or something. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's bizarre. Chris, Chris Hemsworth, half brother. <laughs> your mum yeah. had a fling. His, his second cousin. Was it cousin <laughs> twice removed yeah. or whatever? Um, but interestingly, with the continuous uh, blood glucose monitor, like I mean, the reason for me doing it was very much like experimental, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, You've done finger prick before, but not the you. I brought you one. I think we said this on the last podcast. I brought you one and just sat on the table for about a month, yeah. and then I put it on. Yeah, Even though I didn't need to, yeah. <laughs> it's like. But it is—it's been great actually because I. <clears throat> there's a few things we can take from this. So number one was my fasted glucose. The so first thing in the morning was actually somewhat elevated, wasn't it? Like, yeah. you, you know, according to the ranges, you know, it wasn't classed as 
Out of range. Out of range, but it was certainly higher than what we've kind of like known to be optimal. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to be higher than a finger prick. That's the given. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But like, you know, like some mornings it was over seven. Yeah. You know, um, and then, and to be fair, there were some times when we tested it and compared it with the finger prick, didn't we? And they yeah. weren't far off. No, no, your finger prick was up at seven as well. Yeah. yeah. And that was fasted. But here's the thing, right? And, and this is why we often like, like talk about these kind of things is, um, I, I was quite highly stressed, wasn't I? Yeah. You know, I had, I had a lot going on and, and, and whatnot. And even though I was completely fasted, there was no food in my system or anything like that, you know, like blood sugar levels were elevated. And this is another reason why, like, when we talk about fasting is, like, fasting can have benefits. Fasting isn't for everyone. And often the people that we don't recommend fast are stressed individuals. Yeah. yeah. Um, or sleep-deprived. Yeah. You, know, you might have had one of your broken nights. Yeah. <laughs> or it took you three to and five, a half minutes. Five minutes to get to sleep. Reeked havoc on my blood sugars. That's a week. Sugars. I have a wee. <laughs> Can you believe it? I'm like, and, um, try having six. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You wouldn't know. We haven't slept in the same bed for about two years. How do you know how long it takes you, me to get to sleep? No, but you wake up sometimes and you go, you'll go, um, oh, I had a really bad night. I had to get up for the loo and... And, that, and that's when it makes me laugh because I'm not... Or you'll say, like, oh, I slept all the way through last night. And I can't even remember the last time I slept all the way through the night. Oh, it's all but, about you, isn't it? <laughs> but Russell, Russell Kane does amazing... May, 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 May. <laughs> Doesn't Russell Kane do an amazing sketch on this about yeah. his wife, Lindsay? Yeah. Uh, if you just Google Russell Kane and go into the loo in the night... What, what was he saying? Like, you know, um, was it type A and type B people, isn't it? Yes, yeah, And he yeah. says, like, he's very much like a type A. Stress head, yeah. yeah and, and his wife's like a type, like type B, and he kind of gives all these different examples. But, yeah, yeah. just go and check it out. Don't, we won't, is, we won't ruin it. One. But another one is the drinking before bed, and it's like, <laughs> he said his, his wife has, like, three pints of booze, water, whatever, and then just sleeps all the way through and gets up and just does a monster piss when she wakes yeah. up. And he said he's, like, got a thimble from 4pm onwards, <laughs> and he's up at, like... Basically, like like twelve o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. But that is just to bring it back to you. I do think it's a stress thing, and I, I always know clients that are quite similar to me in terms of like, I definitely put myself in the you know kind of upregulated from a kind of nervous system perspective. Like mm. I'm always on like switched on fight or flight slightly, and like like my exercise and my way of de-stressing is normally like to exercise or something yeah. as well. Is we all pee through the night loads. <laughs> That's like yeah. one of my observations. Plus you eat quite a lot of protein that could do that as well. But just going back to you and the stressing, we were saying that we think the the factor might be that because you've gone kind of lower carb as well, mm. but then got back into your CrossFit recently and maybe up to, you're also doing a running program, aren't you? Because you're going to be a hybrid athlete now. I am a hybrid athlete. You are. You are Thank you very much. So now you're going to be... I'm slightly distracted because... We've actually got the TV on for some reason. It's on mute, but Jamie Oliver's whipping up a monster of a ciabatta by the looks of it, and it looks epic. He's doing a steak sandwich. Mm. <laughs> Should we just record a podcast whilst we watch cookery programs? That does look amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look anyway, amazing. But back. the steak is like the size of a breadboard. That's my kind of... Uh, That's got me for two people, or one mat. Wow, one definitely. After a hybrid I wouldn't session. be sharing that. That's what I'm saying. Um <laughs> If you want to find out more about Matt's hybrid training, you can follow you on Instagram, can't you? Where you're... Yeah, I've been a bit rubbish at um, documenting it, though. Like I am with most things on social media, I feel like social media is just not my bag. It is your bag. I do try. It's just, I don't, like, I don't think, it's really interesting. We've talked a bit about this, haven't we, how much 
In fact, I heard someone refer to it the other day as pushing a rock up a hill. <laughs> like, in that it's not part of our profession to be on social media. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're trained in nutrition and, yeah. and exercise. And well, it certainly like, like, wasn't and, like when we first started. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's like, like all like, our energy just went to like our clients, yeah. basically. And then obviously you move online. And now, even if you were in a gym, you would still need to be online, ideally, in terms of like, you know, marketing and, and awareness of your brand. But it, it does feel quite relentless. And there were like many days where I'm like, oh, wow, just <laughs> this is like an entire job sometimes. It yeah. feels like, but also just wasting a whole morning in Canva designing <laughs> slides and stuff. And I'm like, since when was I supposed to be a graphic designer? as well as a nutritionist, as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and interestingly, I was chatting to a share an office and some of the designers in there were talking and they were saying, you know, it's kind of similar in that there's elements of their job. Like some of them might be designers and then the people will go, can you just fix this bit on our website? And they're like, I'm not a web developer. I'm a graphic designer, yeah. you know, but it's almost like there's an expectation that there's that overlap there, do you know, yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, but, and then we all had this big discussion about how AI is going to rob us all of jobs anyway. So at some point we'll be, we're whinging now, but we'll be completely probably obsolete as, as in terms of occupations in about five years time. That is scary, isn't it? It is scary. It is scary. I've already well. seen some AI nutrition stuff. It's scary. Oh, I've seen it as well, along yeah. with training plans. Like yeah, people yeah. saying, like, oh, you know, just use like chat GT, G, or chat. <laughs> GP e, Yeah, chat, that thing. Chat, chat, And like, you know, and pulled up this like whole like training plan. Yeah. You know, of course, it's, it's not bespoke, obviously, but you know, sometimes people don't need bespoke. They just need something to follow and, yeah. and stuff like that. But, but yeah. All and, the apps are working on it. That's why they're so busy collecting data on everyone mm. now. And then, and eventually it'll be you see all these jobs out there for health coaches that are, like you know to, <clears throat> to help with the apps eventually it's just going to be you know maybe, we don't need anyone <laughs> well maybe that'll be the time for me to pursue my um ice cream business yeah and i'll, become, I'll go back to being an ice cream man because you can't you can't ai that can you i was gonna say i'll become a dj but even that could be threatened yeah. i want to become a dj I, i've got more confidence in the ice cream man yeah it's seasonal though isn't it yeah then but again yeah. you have a really good summer Do you know what i've also found off. about uh, djs though as well is like I tend to find a DJ on YouTube and then they seem to have a similar taste of music to me. But then weirdly, I quite you've seen me do this, I'll get on the treadmill and I quite like watching them DJ. Yeah. Is that weird? No. It's quite in- just interesting watching them do it. And some of them dance, obviously. But I love it when they change a track and their favourite track comes on and you see them like proper like, yes. Oh, yeah. Tune. Yeah. Tune. And I don't think you can replicate that with AI, can you? Who knows? Who knows? But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> back, back to the podcast well, actually, or, or the, the, the topic we were intending on talking about. Actually, which... if we loop back to your stressing, this will link nicely into what we were going to okay. talk about oh, because <clears throat> what we thought with you is that maybe Unless you were... we think of another random segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now you phone me. Don't... don't... Back to, <laughs> I, back I haven't to got me. the brain power at the moment to be <laughs> segues. Go on. Back to me then and this will about lead into to what we're going to talk about. So we thought with you that there was a chance... So what most people don't realise with high blood sugar is that the biggest contributor is often their own production of blood sugar Mm -hmm. via their liver gluconeogenesis, which is where our body's making sugar. And then, of course, there's an additive effect with the food that you're eating and then just not moving. So you're not going to clear it out of the bloodstream and use it. And with you, what we thought might be happening is because you're low carb, perhaps your liver's trying to make... Lower carb. Lower carb. Your liver's trying to make more cortisol. You're fasting which again would suggest your body would go, oh, 
we need to make more mm. glucose because your glycogen, liver glycogen would be dropping. Um, again, we, we're actually going to uh, chat with uh, a good friend, Dr. Tommy Wood, today, aren't we? We so are. We said we'd ask him as well, get his take on it. We're going to do a podcast with him after this one, so uh, tune in for that. Because this links back to what we wanted to talk about today, which was kind of, really, we're going to talk about cholesterol and do a really quick primer on cholesterol levels mm-hmm. and whether you need to be worried and whether we should be eating eggs and meat mm. and butter because we're still getting that question aren't we both yeah. of us and there's still a fear when we're working with clients there is still that fear it's like a long-held belief so i wanted to do a bit of a primer and then we're going to get tommy on because i'll be really honest it's still quite a gray area not in terms of do eggs cause heart disease they don't but how we should adapt our nutrition if there's signs that you may be have heart disease already or like as in you've been diagnosed with it or if there's signs that yeah. you may be at high risk of it because a lot of especially men and uh, my male clients are very fearful um and so things that we can do i'm going to talk through things that you can definitely do without doubt and there's a good chance that no one is doing all of those things that are scared about heart disease and so there's about 20 things i'd do before you stop eating eggs but with you what we saw was this kind of change in your um essentially your kind of blood glucose levels but you can often see this with your blood lipids on a blood test because you're doing something like fasting or because you're doing something like low carb or because you're doing something like under eating and over exercising so there's something called red s which is relative energy deficiency in sport and or reds i think some people call it um maybe i'm just saying you want to call it red s (laughs) (laughs) and then and that is basically where your body's in a state of kind of stress and thinking I need to generate more energy to be able to perform this. So it starts to change things and you start to see high levels of cholesterol. And again, maybe you start to see high blood sugars as your body's trying to compensate. Yeah. So with you, what we thought might help is actually taking carbs up, maybe even taking energy up, not fasting Mm -hmm. so much, not fasting near training either. So what you're doing was essentially adding what can be a beneficial stress or hormetic stress on top of another one, on top of another one. And we're seeing that a lot, aren't we? Where yeah. someone's getting up, basically doing sprint training, then having a cold shower, then fasting, then low carbon, then doing one meal a day, <laughs> you know, the next day. And it's some of these things can be really helpful in but the context is everything and it has to be, I guess, something that if you're gonna do something quite extreme, you should get some expert guidance on and just see, is that the right thing for me in terms of my needs, my health history, what I've done in the past? And blood work can be a great way to check. And that's what I kind of wanted to chat about today is like what's going on when you get these kind of anomalies because everyone panics and thinks it's something that they have done wrong and straight away starts to do more of that stressor. Mm. So like you could have easily seen your blood sugars and gone, oh my God, I need less carbs. I need even less carbs. Yeah. I need to go like carnival, you know, I need to fast 24 hours. But actually I just thought, I think you're kind of eating less sugar than you've ever eaten before and fasting more and still training consistent you've always trained consistently yeah so let's do the opposite of what you probably think you should do mm. and or you can say what do you think the benefit do you think it's been a benefit yeah i know you've you, you then went and knocked the glucose monitor off your arm which was not very helpful you're just too big i know you, I, you walked through a door and knocked it off i was, like, I was, I was quite proud of that <laughs> I was like, how many people have done that yeah two hench yeah um you now need like some kind of iron CGM like st- stamped into your arm. Well, it's, it's funny because like this time, like I've I've caught it a couple of times on my replacement, like but luckily, like it still stayed in in place. Um, <laughs> That's just but, proof of the gains. 
proof of the gains as, you, as you're monitoring your blood sugars and but adding more carbs you're getting bigger and then but it did make me think like i don't remember my, my arm like brushing on the doorway before like i don't know we're gonna really have a house weird. like incredible hulk where we've just got a mat oh, shape in the kitchen door thing is like this is like and then we go to, to sell it i'll be like to, to anyone who's not met me they're gonna probably think i'm this absolute giant I'm, <laughs> I'm really not it'd be really underwhelming when they meet me i think you're the well you've definitely got the biggest biceps that i know of Oh, thanks, Pipes. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. I think there are people taller and wider. Can you imagine how it might feel if one day you're like, oh, there's this new guy started at the office and his arms are absolutely <laughs> massive. I'm like, what? What's his name? Yeah. What does he squat? <laughs> Just on this note, we should ask people to give us a bit of feedback on this because we debate this. It's a very quick point, then I'll get back to cholesterol. But Matt and I discuss quite a lot how we'll have, like, friends over and women will talk about men in front of their partner, husband, whatever, and say, oh, David Beckham, so fit, I love him. Yeah, God, he's so fit, really nice. And then you always say, I don't do that. I wonder if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, because you think I wouldn't really like that if if you were like, I love Pamela Anderson, she's so fit. At no. a dinner party in front of everyone, and I don't think I would like it. So, But why is it all right for women to do it? And we both have noticed it, and I'm like, gosh, that's quite weird. And then one of our friends was like, why don't you look more like so-and-so? love his arms and like we I, I was just like gosh can you imagine if if he said anything like that yeah. back but that that was more my like, point it's like yeah. you know let's be honest like we, we can all appreciate the the good looks or the attractiveness of of someone yeah, else yeah, yeah. right like i often say to you like god you must fancy her like i do <laughs> yeah but it's like but but then but i feel like there's a there's an element of respect that comes into it yeah and b i think if a I lot, guess though, I've, I've a just lot. been hypocritical there, saying that if I say I fancy a woman, no, I? but it's like, but I'm under no illusion that like you don't find other guys to be good looking. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you know, like, but like I said, it's like a, it's like a respect thing for a start, and I also think if you are willing to to say such things in front of your partner or whatever you've got to be okay with it being the other way around. Yes. Yeah. You know, and like you said, like that example when someone did say like, oh, no, why haven't you got a body like that? Yeah. And you just think, my God, if you did flip that, yeah. if yeah. I said yeah. to the yeah. woman, yeah. Why, why haven't you got a body like her? <laughs> yeah. You know, my God. It'd be, it'd be like, you know, like my, my thoughts are with you, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the best it's, on getting yeah. out of this one. Like, um, so It's interesting, isn't it? We just noticed it and we're like, oh, it's quite, I don't know. And I think because you're very respectful, I'm very respectful. But like you said, we do say if we find someone attractive, uh, as in like we think that person is good looking. Do you know mm. what I mean? I don't know. But anyway, that there was the segue, wasn't it? There was it? the other random segue, yeah. yeah. But to answer your question... Um, <laughs> what was my question? Well, I think you asked me a question about whether I found... Oh, you like felt the... better when you knocked, knocked, before you knocked it off your arm. Yeah, like it was good having an awareness of things. It was a good... Um, it was good to basically realise that sometimes the, the fasting actually wasn't necessarily um, beneficial to me and that I, I did notice my blood sugars coming down once I'd eaten. So I'd eat and, of course, naturally your blood sugars come up when you eat regardless of what you've eaten. Um, you know, like obviously certain foods will, will spike your blood sugar more but your blood sugar always goes up after a meal, right? Yeah. Whether it's like low carb, high carb, whatever. Um, but then I'd noticed that my blood sugar wouldn't actually, wouldn't actually go up that high and then we'd almost come back down to what we would see as a more healthy, a healthy, healthy reading. Yeah. Um, because, but interestingly, I did increase my carb intake again after 
re- reducing my carb intake off the back of when we did the seven day fast and then having more of like a carnivore ish diet for a bit. I then gradually started to bring up my carbs in the form of fruit primarily uh, initially. But then as my running kind of like started to pick up alongside the weight training, <clears throat> I said to you, didn't I, that actually up until that point, I hadn't really found myself necessarily craving carbs or anything. If anything, I found myself craving like fats mm, and protein. Yeah, used to it, I think. Yeah. yeah. But then once I started introducing the running and being consistent with that, I was. I, I said to you, didn't I, I was like, I'm actually craving carbs. It's like yeah. my body's like, give me some sugar. Yeah. So I did. You know, I listened. God damn it. Um, just, just a quick point, though. This is why we often say to people who are trying to lose weight and they struggle with appetite and sugar cravings, we're like, just be careful with the high-intensity stuff because yeah. it does massively upregulate. Whereas sticking with, like, kind of, you know, low-intensity cardio and weights and not going too crazy with the hit and things like that can be a better way to get that appetite regulation to but, a place but, where you feel comfortable. But you know what? Not not even just the high intensity stuff. Like I'll often find after a like a longish run, like yesterday, for example, I did a sixty minute job, which to be fair was like um was like moderate to high intensity because it was yeah. like it was interval based, but more like threshold intervals. So it was yeah. like you know in a higher pace for a prolonged period of time. So it wasn't high high intensity. Um, and I just found myself afterwards, like for a good three hours. All I wanted was was sugar. All I wanted was glucose. And don't get me wrong, I had a bit of a sugar hit afterwards, like like immediately after, just to like re- replenish. But you make a very good point, and this is why like I'll, I'll often joke that exercise can be pretty crap for weight loss for weight loss <laughs> yeah. because a most people massively overestimate their their energy expenditure when they train because they associate intensity with like a whopping calorie burn. But the sad reality is that it's it's normally quite a way off. But B, and this is the big one, is people gaining weight when they up their training because they just start like their their, their appetite is upregulated, their craving for glucose is higher because of the training. It's really hard as well. Like we've just been through this with our we just launched another strong sixty and we're at the beginning, which is always really it's the most interesting bit because it's it's a bit where we get to do a bit of myth busting and help people really understand because we're working a bit more this is kind of one of the more intensive like programs that we do where they get much more access to me and you through whatsapp and weekly meetings and things but it's a really good chance when people are saying oh it's saying on my apple watch that i've burnt like x thousand number of calories and i definitely Mm -hmm. only ate a thousand yesterday and it's a good chance for us to talk through like there's a chance that 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 is a massive overestimation. There's a discrepancy here. Well, a, ma- a major overestimation of that expenditure and there's a good chance that you've underestimated your intake um, or maybe not, but you've just overestimated the expenditure for sure. Mm. And there's lots of mistakes being made in terms of once you've put into, sometimes you put in that you are your physical activity level, but then you're adding in that you went for a walk and then you're adding in that you, whereas actually that's already been factored into your calorie requirements for the day. Yeah. And so we often, were, we were kind of saying like, the main thing is whatever you do, stick with that one bit of kit, that one tracker, that one monitor, whatever. And so you've got that consistency. But if the scales aren't moving and not necessarily just the scales, because we do actually say to do waist circumference, fit of clothes, because sometimes, you know, when you're building muscle, the scales will go up. They did with me when I got back to strength training yeah. after, again, fasting and then just walk in. Um, and although clothes are tighter, they're tighter around my quads, because <laughs> you know I mean? I've actually got quads again. Yeah. Whereas I lost so much leg muscle. 
um, when I did the fast and then I just spent the summer walking. I think I had like, what was it, like three months off in the end? Can't remember. I lost so much muscle. And even when I went to a physio, she was like, you really need to build muscle, which is not something that many people say to me because you yeah. normally have quite a lot of muscle. But she was like, please build some muscle, especially around your spine. It's just like you just look weak. <laughs> I was like, oops. <laughs> um, anyway, but it was a good thing. It was a lovely thing to be, like, for a physio to say because it really motivated me to get back to the gym. I'd, I've, been, I've enjoyed the break, but I will get back. But my weight has gone up on the scales um, as a result of building muscle. So we were saying to people, you know, as long as you know you're moving in the right direction in terms of things like your waist circumference is quite a good one. Um, and, and you can even see in photographs. So photographs are quite a good idea that you can actually see the definition of muscle mm. and the loss of fat sometimes that you can't necessarily see that in, in the scales and things. But anyway, I think that is a great kind of part, like just a, a great point is that it is often about the other things. We often find it's focusing on the other things. People are already into the exercise. If anything, they need to probably just get a bit more structured, a bit more effective with what they do. And like you've just said, tailor it so that it's if, you, if it's geared towards weight loss, then actually just a lot of walking and um, strength training. It depends on an individual, but, but killing yourself in every session is probably the worst thing that you can, mm. can do. And actually whatever you can do that makes sure that you eat right. And that's the hard bit, isn't it? And that you've noticed with the training, oh, my sugar cravings are up. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I just want to raise this point. You've then had this little dilemma where you went straight to oats, which is, again, an obviously healthy choice, mm. but then said, I'm bloated. Like, I'm bloated again. Yeah. I'm waking, waking up with loads of gas and I just, I'm like, mm, don't feel so good. So that was when I suggested maybe you just actually have white rice, yeah. which... You, you've said for breakfast you'd quite like your typical, what was it, rice? Rice, tuna and sweet corn. I think most people would be like, what the hell? For that breakfast? used to be my, that was like the old school, like, you know, when I, was, when I was a teenager. And um, it was actually my football coach who was like, you know, proper proper old school, mate. What you know you do, mate, is <laughs> tuna, rice and sweet corn. <laughs> Every day. I was going to say, I bet you said every meal. And I was like, right, yes, John. <laughs> he was like 60, balding, yeah. big old belly on him. To be fair, though, we've watched uh, Harry's Full English, didn't we, about the footballers. Yeah. It's a brilliant watch if you can ever get hold of it. And it's where they reunite the England team from the, basically, it's like 70s up to 90s, isn't it, more or less? Because it's like John Barnes and everyone's in there, but there's some... Yeah, like, I don't mean that was the 70s. But... No, <laughs> 80s then, 80s and yeah, 90s like maybe footballers. Like late 80s, early 90s, yeah. <laughs> and um, Razor Ruddock and all the others, and they get them together to play again, but they all talk about what they ate in the 80s and 90s, like pre-match, didn't they? And, well, they used yeah, to go like just, pub after training. Yeah, and it was almost like steak like, and mash, weren't they? And most were beans on toast. It's, it was it was like Sunday league football, but just, it just so <laughs> they happened were they were professional, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have to admit, they shorten the lifespan of their professional careers probably with the drinking and the. Oh, absolutely. You can see, some, like, you can see it in some of them, couldn't you? And, oh, for sure. Like you know, like it's. I think there's a reason why the likes of Messi and Ronaldo are still going. And you watch Beckham and see, yeah, like a lot of them. Well, even like Ryan Giggs, yeah. you know, Ryan Giggs back in the day, you know, he had a very long career, very successful career, and even way back when he was big on like yoga. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, and he spoke a lot about nutrition. And you think, well, like, your, your career is the proof. Yeah, You yeah. know, like, it's allowed you to play for for a very long time. Um, uh, I was about to go on off a tangent then, but I won't. But, I um, say, I dated a footballer, <clears throat> and they were told from the off, it was scrambled eggs or beans on toast. Scrambled eggs on toast, beans on toast, pre-match. 
And then post-match was just anything goes. And then Saturday night was just spend your wages in the pub and in the bookies. Wow. <laughs> that, was it. that was it. That was like what Mason did. Bread, yeah, but- breaded everything as well. Breaded chicken. Because bread, I used to do a shopping. He'd be like, he get me fish fingers, breaded chicken, breaded fish. And I was like, oh, God. But wasn't there a thing with like, because um, you know, like in America, like even at college level, some of the big colleges in America, mm. whether it's basketball, American football, whatever, like it's high level. Like college level, like basketball yeah. and football is televised. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah. They have stadiums, so it's a big deal. Yeah. And they, so they're, they're treated like professional athletes at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a thing that kind of showed that, like, there was this big connection between, because obviously they're college, so a lot of them are still smashing, like, the fast food and stuff like that. Yeah, but they're yeah. obviously, uh, they're obviously very athletic, they train hard, they play hard. Uh, but there was some link between, and in fact, I think it might have been a Rob Wolf podcast. I heard this. Uh, yeah, um, I'm saying because we spoke about Rob Wolf last week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, about the 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 athletes that were consuming like quite a highly processed like fast food diet were actually recovering really quickly, but um, were more prone to injury. Yeah, yeah. So it was all, yeah, so it was yeah. almost like yeah, they were they were recovering fast because they were getting like plen- plenty of calories, yeah, plenty yeah. of carbs, like replenishing their stores, but were probably quite highly inflamed because and the source of those training yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah, so again, it's like. Why can't we just like find a balance between the two? You know, yeah. getting the calories in, getting the carbs in, but coming from pretty decent sources most of the time. Yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, this reminds me of um, I was talking about this the other day. And speaking of social media, this is the kind of stuff that I think of, and I'm like, why don't I do a post about that? Um, <laughs> what don't know, Mum. You're like, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, it's just me. You do, you do have a go at me every now and again. You're like, you need to do some social media. I'm like, yes. Yeah, Only because you have so much value. I'm like, why oh. don't you post about that? Why don't you post oh, about that? That was a really and nice thing to say. I'm like, I, I, I'm not so bad with posting, but you definitely have way more value than me, and are much more oh, you know, entertaining on camera than me. So we are equally as valuable as each other, oh, yeah. and together yeah. we're priceless. <laughs> um, but you know, this whole kind of like, you know. Counting your calories, if it fits your macros, yeah. all of that, and it's weird. Like I, I just feel a bit frustrated with it all because I'm like, we get it, calories matter, but this thing that really bugs me, and I keep seeing it time and time again, is where people are doing these like um, infographics comparing like poached egg and smashed avocado on toast and like a, a Snickers bar. And being like for like on calories and, and 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 fat or whatever, and I'm like, do you think we've got an obesity crisis in the UK because people are just smashing too much bloody av- avo on toast? Most people can't afford it. For That's what I mean. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it, not cheap. I, I get it. I'm all for yeah. creating aware an awareness around these things, and you know, giving people a bit of an example. But it's like, why can't we find a middle ground between counting your calories but eating? good stuff as well it doesn't need to be yeah. it doesn't need to be like one extreme or the other you know you've got some people saying oh if you eat healthy you don't need to count calories it's like well you don't need to but if you're gaining weight then you, you need to, yeah, yeah. to to create a greater awareness but equally if, if you're in a calorie deficit losing weight be eating shite you're probably going to feel pretty ropey as well yeah that was a point that would come up a lot when i was lecturing students would say you know, made big changes to my diet in terms of now I'm learning about nutrition, I've gone on to real foods, I'm following blood sugar balancing principles, eating more vegetables, but I'm not seeing a difference in my body composition. And 
you know, I just know from looking at the reference ranges, whatever, I just know I'm not in a healthy, you know, I'm not at an optimal weight. And that's where I had to start talking about calories, macros and tracking and whether we do or not, or like non-tracking methods as well. And interestingly, it was met with resistance at first from some individuals, especially if they had a history of disordered eating or Mm. knew people that that had and and just didn't want to go down that route. And I said, 100%, like your job as a practitioner is to read that situation very quickly and know that it's not the right client to get tracking with and talk about calories and things there are other ways that we can help people lose weight but for some it's actually really effective and that's really part of our role is these are tools and finding the right tools for that person and a a lot of people on our strong 60 plan we suggest you know what just do a week or two weeks and the awareness it will bring you and possibly the accountability sometimes as well is helpful now when you feel it starts to govern your choices becomes a bit you become a bit obsessive compulsive about it it's upsetting you then we can pull back and you've probably, you know, we can use a bit more of the kind of visual stuff. But I really liked your analogy where you were discussing this with a client who said, like, I just prefer to guesstimate, but they were saying to you, like, you know, I I don't know if I'm getting results or not, so I'm just going to guesstimate. It was all a bit like, you know, you weren't kind of, there wasn't results, like, at the end of the day, and they were kind of asking you why. Yeah. And I think you said something like, it's like spending loads of money and never checking your bank account. And then you're going into an overdraft and at some point you're going to hit the limit. And, you know, that that's probably where you're you, you're getting into trouble in terms of weight. We could say it's like type 2, pre-diabetic, type 2 diabetes. Because there's just nowhere else for the energy to go. So there's going to be, you end up in trouble at that point. Yeah. But in some, t- in some ways it can make it a lot harder for that individual. Because we've already had feedback from people who've said, boy, was I overdoing the nuts. Like, mm. boy, was I overdoing the olive oil on the veg, the cooking oil. Well, it's, it's like... Similar- didn't know I couldn't eat four steaks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but similar to like me doing like the continuous uh, glucose monitor, like I, I'm not doing it because I feel a bit because I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this now forever. Yeah. You, you know, they, they last two weeks and it's just to create an awareness around things. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with tracking. Like we don't say to people like you have to track forever, but we recommend tracking for a little bit. Yeah just to create an awareness around things. Like, and that may be that, you know, some things are much higher in calories than people think. Yeah. You know, and it's a bit of an eye-opener for them. They're like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't realise that, that that healthy snack of nuts that I was having was actually contributing to yeah, yeah. about 400 calories of my of my daily intake. You know, or it could be something else that's maybe got fewer calories in than, than you thought and you might be like, oh, I can have more of that. That's yeah, great because yeah. I, I enjoy that. And I think people need to be a little bit more open-minded to, to trying things, especially if they're not happy with where they're at. You know, and, and we're often... just making like you can make sensible cookbacks. I'll never forget like when we wrote our first book and talked about like real food, whole food, you know, butter's good in terms of it's nutritious. But then I remember we'd go for like dinner at my mum's and she'd have like a lovely big pan of cabbage on the go, wouldn't she? But she'd probably put a whole block of like Kerry Gold on top of it and just let mm. it melt. And I was like, Yeah, Mum, that's quite excessive with the fat. Like I know, good, <laughs> I know it tastes good. And it's like, oh, oh. and then at one point, her and my dad were like, and then they went on the cream in the coffee kind of trend. Mm. And but they, it was like half a cup of coffee, half a cup of cream. There was literally half and half. And then and mum was like, oh, I think I'm gaining weight and I'm not quite sure why. And I was like, well, I know why. Yeah. Just go back to it. Like, you kind of need a bit of your, I don't even want to say this, but that 80s mentality of having some fat awareness. Yeah. Like, in terms of don't go to the, like, you, you know, margarine or anything like that necessarily. But <laughs> if you need to portion control the fats that you're cooking with. like, I wonder if anyone has put Marge in their coffee. 
<laughs> not know margarine light flora yeah. trying to save on the calories but yeah. get the get the uh, mct yeah. effect no but do you know what though here's the thing there's right? not mcts in margarine is that no no there's not like, yeah i know um, <laughs> i knew what you were saying though. yeah um but to put you know to put our hands up like when we when, when we did write our first book we were almost quite anti-calorie counting yeah yeah we were and yeah. i remember having a um a message exchange with someone who who messaged and said, "I love your book, but there's no calories or macro breakdown on on the recipes." And I went back and I just said, "Yeah, but we don't really we don't really believe in that, so therefore well, it, we didn't put it in the book." We did believe in the law of thermodynamics, but of we didn't think that calorie counting worked for most people because we were actually in a gym in London where people found it really stressful and time consuming and yeah, yeah. But, but but we definitely weren't as kind of pro it as we are no, now no no and and then they came back and said well yeah but just because you're you know not into it doesn't mean like it won't be beneficial to other people and i think i probably went back a bit passive aggressive and was like <laughs> well you know there is such a thing called my fitness pal and you can like <laughs> you can put the recipes in there yourself type thing but actually <laughs> as 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 time went on like we became much more um open-minded to it ourselves uh like on a personal level i think also at the beginning i definitely stand by the idea that when you switch to real food it's more satiating so yeah you don't you do see appetite regulation kick in you do eat less i remember thinking god i can go hours without food now compared to when i was having like crackers and cereals and stuff but then i started to as everyone does like miss my treats so that's when i start making you know like my almond uh, ground almond loaves and mm. do you remember like banana bread with like a thousand <laughs> like a kilo of nuts in it or yeah. something <laughs> and then I was like okay I, I remember ripping a dress one day when I put it on and going right something's gone a bit wrong here like she, she-hulk yeah she-hulk and I, I and it was because we almost tried to replace processed foods with real food versions of and that definitely doesn't work <laughs> but even so I've gone through phases of when I'm busy and I've like not prepped proper food and I'll just grab a jar of peanut butter with me and run to my laptop and take a few spoonfuls of that and then I'll look and it's something I've opened that day and yeah. it's half full. Yeah. So then I'll go <laughs> and there's been occasions haven't there I've gone mad. Did, did you have some of that that 600 gram jar of almond butter? You had nope. some didn't you? And you'll be like no and nope. I'm like oh my god there's like less than a that's all on you. A third left in 2 days and so like that's when I start to realize gosh that's thousands of calories I'm consuming in yeah. just just spooning nut butter, you know, and but, that's when I realised I definitely... So then I started pre-portioning it out in tubs and same with my nuts because I'm just a domino with them. I'm like a domino eater. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, we, we can label certain foods as healthy and certain foods as unhealthy, but then it's like, but that's dangerous. That's dangerous territory yeah, because yeah. it's like, like you just said, you know, there, there are foods that are deemed healthy and unprocessed, but they're very high fat, which means they're very high calorie and it's easy to eat a lot of them. Like nuts is the perfect example. In fact, just last night, and I'm sorry, Pippin Nut, I don't want to throw you under the bus. I love your products. But <laughs> Keris got me these peanut butter chocolate bites. bites, right? And they're delicious. I'm not going to lie. They're amazing. But I was ready to eat the bag with my decaf coffee of an evening as my little post-dinner pud. Yeah. And I just happened to, like, I was eating it, I, was, I think I was already like four or five deep. <laughs> and and then I just happened to look on the packet to see what the calories were. And a serving is three, <laughs> which I'm a bit like, well, you might as well not bother yeah. for a start. And it was like 108 calories in those three. 
And I would, but do you know what was good? It stopped me eating the packet. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I was like, well, this this is going to be about like a, a six hundred calorie hit if I finish this. But again, like a lot of people would associate it with, you know, oh, it's uh, oh, it's peanut butter. It was like it was like dairy free chocolate. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's kind of like almost kind of like marketed in a way that it might be a healthier treat, yeah. a healthier you pudding. Can eat as many as you like. But actually, do you know what? Like, it, it's probably no different to like a slice of cake. Or, or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Which, but I was going to say, like, and I know that sounds contradictory to your comparison earlier between the Snickers and the Avo and toast, but I, what you're saying here is, like, even with your, with our kind of healthy pleasure foods, there just needs to be some level of that is a decent portion size. And that's, yeah. and also, and if it is a pleasure food, then you probably need to make it a small part of your nutrition still. Whereas you can end up, like, saving when you start tracking. You but, can be like, I'm going to save calories for, the whole bag of Pippin yeah. chocolate pies, and yeah. that's not healthy. But I also just want to say, like, the the other thing that I've noticed is I will portion control my pleasure foods because if I if my mood is low, then it's, like, game over. Yeah. But there are some days, this is kind of interesting, just a link I made, where, you know, one of those days where I've gone out, it's pouring down with rain, as I said at the beginning, I'm wet, I'm cold, I didn't make it to the gym because, you know, by the time I'd faffed around drying off the dog, I couldn't be bothered, and... So then I'm annoyed at myself. And then I look at my piddly little pot of peanut butter and I go, I don't want that. I want the jar. Yeah. And I try and like, even though I know I'm not going to eat the whole jar, there is something about <laughs> sticking a spoon the in the jar and yeah. knowing that I could have all of it that lights up all the dopamine receptors in my head, like licking the spoon, everything. Like it just, yeah. all of it, the whole experience <laughs> is a lift for it's me. It's a ritual. Yeah. And then, it's, then the high is very temporary, of course. And then it's like, now eat some more. Now yeah. it's some more. And I have to have, like, have a word myself and go put the lid back on, get your ass out of the house, or even go upstairs, just get away from the kitchen cupboards. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you can have the best intentions. And there are some foods now that we're like, do you know what, let's just not have that in the house. Yeah. Because we just cut, when we're low, we just go for it straight away, don't we? We well, just go eat, comfy. I was terrible with like chocolate rice cakes, weren't I? Like, yeah, you'd eat the God. whole pack, like yeah, six, seven easy. rice cakes. But just to go back to what you said earlier um, about my food comparison thing, the only reason it wasn't uh, contradicting is because I was kind of comparing a, a pud, like a sweet treat, if you like. Oh, yeah, to you a healthy I mean? meal. It was more yeah, like, yeah. you know, for me it gets annoying when it's like you're comparing a, a nutrient-dense, protein-rich meal, meal yeah. with a Snickers. Yes. And it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, fair enough, they're the same calories. And if you were on a calorie uh, target, by all means, you know, the Snickers would still keep you within your within your calorie target and, and your deficit whatever but the other one's going to bring a lot more to the table yeah in the form of protein you yeah, know, yeah, nutrients yeah definitely. and stuff and like that and actually like i said i've also noticed like i think we've mentioned this tip before um um another nutritionist daniel keon king can you i'm sure i've said him before and i can never say his surname i even go what's your surname again can you anyway I'll, I'll shout him out on linkedin on um instagram but he always used to say eat the protein bit of your meal first and even though like i know that there are times when like i said i just come in starving and get you know the jar of peanut butter out and just have mm. a little bit of this while i make my dinner <laughs> it's like it's so dangerous and then the days when i go no actually you've got some cooked chicken in the fridge if you're so hungry eat a bit of that whilst you cook your dinner it's kind of amazing that just two pieces and i'm like yeah i'm done with that yeah and dinner's ready and that was, I don't know, 50 calories. Do you see what I mean? Whereas if I'd opened the peanut butter, 
easily two, if not 300 calories of, of food that I don't even really register I'm having. But I've come in hungry and I'm like, hungry, so need to eat instantly. So it's just bad habits that you have oh, to... Oh, man. Like, I, I used to be terrible for picking up food whilst I'm preparing my food. And it might be in the form of like a, like parma ham and some cheese and some olives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is really tasty. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of fat coming in. Yeah, And there's yeah, a, lot a lot of calories, calories. coming in. It's like, I was, this is my starter. Like, yeah, I haven't yeah. even eaten my main meal yet. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it's just having an awareness around things. And funny enough, like we... Do you think we have we, to leave, the, by the way, the, the cholesterol primer yeah, for another episode? Yeah. Okay. This, this is what we should... This should be the theme of our podcast. We should say what we're going to talk about and then not talk about it at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so after this episode, everyone, we're going to do a really quick cholesterol primer episode. Then we'll have Tommy watch, do yeah? Do you think it, I can't work out if, like... That would just be really annoying if you're like, oh, right, guys, we're going to take a deep dive into cholesterol today. And they're just forwarding they're like, it. They're forwarding where, where's their cholesterol? Are they, they going to get there? I um, think, but, I hope this is in, in like helpful for people. And please feedback like what you'd like us to talk more about. Because we can we can do more of the sciencey stuff. We can do more of the practical stuff. We can well, do more of the... Here's the thing, right? I, observational you know, stuff. Not to sound arrogant or cocky in any shape or form, but... I think it will be helpful because the reason we talk about this is because... Everyone's talking about it to us. Yeah, th- this is based on our experience, <laughs> yeah, like the conversations yeah. that we're having with people, the questions that we get asked and, yeah. and things like that. So it's, it's all relevant. And, and I guess we have that overview because we're working with groups all the time. Yeah. That you have that overview of what most people are concerned about for, or struggling with. But also when I listen to podcasts now, especially kind of other health professionals, I find I'm just really intrigued about what they're doing and, mm. and what they're struggling with and what their clients are struggling with. And I, I guess it also just reminds me that I'm a human being and it's okay that some days I just seem to make all the worst decisions. Mm. I, I remember um, this Monday I rang you, didn't I, and said, I've come in too hungry, I've eaten too fast, I drank a load of water because I was dehydrated, my stomach feels horrendous, I'm now going to have to walk for about an hour to settle it all down. Yeah. And that means I'm going to miss my breathwork class and I literally just went in this spiral, didn't I? Yeah. Why did you do all those things when you knew what the outcome would be? And I guess part of it is just rushing. It's yeah. a big factor of what derails my good intentions. Yeah. So just being too late home and then I, I do have to eat quite early so that I can basically try and digest my food before bed. It helps with my gut stuff massively. But you get to a point where does ramming your food down really quickly <laughs> help with that? Would I be better eating late and slowing down? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and but I, I said to you, I was like, I was I got myself into a bit of a mistake. So I was like, why have I done this? And I'm really suffering the consequences for it. And and a walk really helps. So just sometimes getting out in the fresh air, I'm like, okay, breathe and have a you know you can breathe on your walk for a start. So stop thinking mm. you've missed your breath work class. Another thing. And I, when I came back, I always kind of come back from a walk much calmer and more kind of yeah. rational but my takeaway from the whole experience was like learn from it just learn from that and don't yeah. do it. and every night this week i've i've basically eaten my lunch a bit later had a snack hydrated bought a bottle of water and hydrated all afternoon felt brilliant for that um and come home earlier to eat my dinner earlier and tried my best not to rush my dinner which is just a bad habit that i have and felt better for it so yeah so if you are in one of those moments at any point remind yourself it's basically like just learn from it. But, Stop giving yourself crap and move on. But we always say to and people, don't we? Like, <laughs> and, and we even had a call with our Strong Sixty crew at the, uh, on Monday or Wednesday. It's Friday today, isn't it? Bloody hell! Um, and we said, like, like just an FYI, like 
we are not perfect. You know, like we, yes, we can advise on this and we can help, but trust me, like we really do have our moments and we have our days where we're like, why did I do that? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I know I don't feel great for doing that. Yeah, I still did it. You know, I chose to do it, you know, and that's the reality. Like we are all human. We're not, none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey and some days we make better decisions than others, yeah. you know, and I think as long as the better decision days outweigh the, the bad decision it, days. That's the majority where, of it. Yeah. And also that you can, I always used to think this around Christmas time when me and you might go slightly like bonkers with like, you know, boxes of chocolates and stuff yeah. not so much the we can't we don't get away with it we're not even as bothered this now are we but we used to be quite bad didn't we and then it always surprised me how awesome you could feel in about five days of just tidying up your act yeah but it it gets very hard to do that if you if you start that process now so we're in november still yeah and in the office i work in the chocolates are doing the rounds like yeah. a couple of times a day and if that becomes the habit now I, I know i'm someone who my brain then goes well this is what the norm is and then it becomes quite hard to break that yeah and yeah so i think but if it is less frequent and you just have a couple of days of indulging and enjoying different foods it's much easier to break and your body bounces back way quicker if you spend the next couple of months which is what we're basically encouraging everyone to do just kind of doing the you know, the best for your body the majority of the time. Mm. But then, yeah, it's Christmas, so then have that glass of wine. Just yeah. don't have five, six, seven. <laughs> have that mince pie, just don't have four. You know, maybe have a couple of chocolates. In fact, Quality Streets did put out that a portion is three Quality Streets. Is it? Yeah. No one ever has not three. Th not three handfuls. <laughs> no, exactly. I used to say, I mean, everyone sat with the box and you look at the wrappers. Have you ever done that and count oh, the wrappers and gone, oh, holy, holy. Oh, no. <laughs> How'd that happen? Yeah. Was that me? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any of them? Are they your rappers? Well, on that note, okay. we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, and um, then we will do, next episode, we're going to do one on cholesterol and eggs and butter and red meat, and then we're going to have Tommy Wood on. So this is a great one to, if you're around family and partners who are maybe constantly talking about this and still make that association, um, this is what we want to kind of bring to the table. So you can share those episodes. For real. Yeah. Right. thanks for listening folks I uh, hope you enjoyed it as always if you've got any questions please do get in touch and we will see you in episode 182 bye see ya